You're listening to End of the Line on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond. End of the Line is an ongoing podcast about the pipeline struggles in Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. I'm Whitney Whiting. There's a connection between the science and the legal. Also, while we're here, I want the cameras to pan around and make sure you all tell it that this wasn't just black folk. And it wasn't just white people. And it wasn't just native folk. But that we were all here together. Together in one view. That's the Reverend William Barber, Moral Monday architect and president of Repairers of the Breach, speaking to a packed house in the Buckingham Middle School Gymnasium on Tuesday, February 19th. It was a reunion of sorts for Pipeline opponents who came from all across Virginia and West Virginia to show solidarity with the people of Union Hill. It's in this historical and majority black neighborhood that Dominion Energy plans to build a toxic compressor station, a plan that opponents say is fraught with environmental racism. See, I know how the media, some of focus on one thing. I want everybody to stand for a second. Put that, see, because this is how to defeat us in division. Now I want everybody to grab a hand. Let's put all the sun, let them see us tonight, not a sign, let them see us. And put those hands up. And now say, look at us. Not a sign, but look at us. Because we are the sign that change is coming to Union Hill and change is coming to America. In our next two episodes, we'll learn why Reverend Barber, as well as former Vice President Al Gore, are rallying the Union Hill residents to fight like they've never fought before. But first, some historical, cultural, scientific, and legal frameworks for understanding the racism behind a toxic compressor station. First up is Karen Camblin, Chair of Environment and Climate Justice for the Virginia NAACP. Good evening, everyone. First of all, I just want to just say bluntly that I completely disagree with the historic and cultural assessment that was submitted by Dominion um, as part of their environmental practice. It is absolutely untrue that this area does not exhibit a cohesive cultural landscape. Union Hill is far from that. Within its boundaries, Union Hill is filled with abundant rich history, its natural beauty, its calmness, and most importantly, the amazing people. Maybe they thought there wasn't any cultural or um, historic or heritage here because the record of the Buckingham County Courthouse was burnt down in 1869 and with it, or the records of all the slaves that were within this area. But Union Hill is far from that. The African-American culture and history is far from who is recorded on those slavery, uh, slave ledgers. We're far from that and we're more than that. So the culture and the heritage of Union Hill wasn't destroyed that night in the fire. And we know that because we know of the struggle of the people who founded Union Hill. 
the determination to make sure that this community was built, something that they could pass on from generation to generation. And we know they prided themselves with property ownership, and they knew this was something that they could give to their generation, the wealth and the equity that was tied to these lands. We know all of those things. We also know that um, they prided themselves on building the community as they established the two churches here. To me, the environmental and racial injustices plaguing Union Hill is more than the environmental devastation that's gonna come when the, if the pipeline, which it's not, is gonna be constructed. <laughs> or the constant emissions from the compressor station that we know is gonna give off emissions constantly. That's not gonna be built either. Is the injustices going on in Union Hill? It includes the environmental racism and the continual efforts to erase and devalue African American and people of color. This marks an opportunity for us, for Governor Northam, our elected officials, and our regulated agency to take a pause and confront the truth of what is happening here today and make every effort to right the wrongs so all communities can begin to heal. This is a time to respect and make note of all the tribes, struggles, and determinations of the founders of Union Hill. Located on the property purchased by Dominion from the uh, Variety Shades Plantation, we know there are some burial sites. This is the time that we need to restore those burial sites and avoid what Dominion is doing. They're ignoring and devaluing the American heritage. This is not, to, this is not the time to ignore the past. This is the time to confront the harsh realities of the segregation practices that were used to demoralize the slaves by not allowing their loved ones to be buried in cemeteries with whites. And they were given to the far reaches of whatever plantation site it was to be left and ignored and forgotten. Let this be the time that Union Hill ancestors are properly identified, honored, and provided the care and dignity that was denied to them in life. Let this be the time we learn who they are, we learn their names, and we complete the fabric of Union Hill's history and culture. This is the time to take a stand with Union Hill. This is the time to say no pipelines, no compressor stations, no to fossil fuels and natural gas projects. Thank you. The next to speak was Mary Finley Brook, who served on the governor's now defunct Advisory Council on Environmental Justice. Good evening. I'm Dr. Mary Finley Brook from the University of Richmond, and I served this past year on the governor's Advisory Council of Environmental Justice. Exposed disproportionate risk to African American communities and low income neighborhoods from dangerous new gas infrastructure. We pressed for emergency intervention to protect Union Hill. Subsequently, Governor Northam disbanded our Environmental Justice Council. And then he created a new one a new council that could only evaluate predetermined topics established under executive order in an attempt to limit public discussion of civil rights crisis caused by gas expansion. Historic Union Hill is the wrong place to build a compressor station, but there are additional problems. New gas pipelines take the world quickly forward, 
towards a tipping point. We must act today to avoid climate instability with high financial costs and social upheaval. Conventional energy production causes excessive land, water, and air pollution. Gas, as we extract today, is not natural because fracking uses hundreds of toxic chemicals that end up in our groundwater and our drinking water. There is air pollution throughout gas production, including exposures in many homes from gas leaks. But the most concentrated toxicity occurs around compressor stations. Nearby residents are exposed to annual emissions measured in tons of hazardous air pollutants, such as benzene, formaldehyde, and arsenic. These pollutants are labeled hazardous because they've been documented to harm human health. In a rural county without reliable cell phone service and with limited internet service, Buckingham residents might not receive advance notice of scheduled blowdowns, which is when the most toxic air plumes occur. They can't then choose to leave the vicinity to protect their health. Now Union Hill is populated, uh, and then in spite of false and erroneous claims, reducing the population by 600% in the air permit application. So there's daily safety risks. These are from fires, explosions, particularly for these proximate families due to the highly pressurized gas equipment and the flammable contents. Yet residents were ignored when they requested cumulative risk assessment and comprehensive health studies. Now I must draw your attention to the fact that some who there are some who benefit from Buckingham's devastation. There are corporate executives and investors who line their pockets through expansion of gas projects. Meanwhile, captive ratepayers like myself, under utility provider Dominion Energy, have to pay for the Atlantic Coast Pipeline, a project nearly $3 billion over budget. So my energy sector research demonstrates pathways to produce energy that is good for the economy, good for the people, and good for the planet, like Yogaville's solar array in Buckingham. Many of the people on this stage work to support a shift to renewable energy in Union Hill. My students and I are collaborating with farmers like the Lowry's and landowners like the Harpers to create local jobs while producing healthy, sustainable energy for community benefit. Join us. We are all Union Hill. What happens in this historic rural community demonstrates the moral fabric of our society. As a scholar and an educator, I stand with Union Hill, and I proudly stand with all of you who do too. Thank you. If you're just tuning in, you're catching End of the Line on WRIR 97.3 FM Richmond. I'm Whitney Whiting. David Neal of the Southern Environmental Law Center spoke about the legal aspects of Dominion's Atlantic Coast Pipeline, answering two questions, who will pay for it and how. Good evening. At the heart of the legal issues surrounding the ACP are some very basic questions. How much will it cost? Who pays? Who profits? And can we afford it? Now, when we look at the Buckingham Compressor Station, we have to see it as a link in the larger chain of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. The largest and most powerful energy companies in our region have used their combined strength to push forward the 604-mile pipeline, one that would ship gas from West Virginia to Virginia and North Carolina. 
to generate electricity. The actual price tag? We don't know. Originally, it was estimated to cost around $4.5 billion, with a B. Now it's forecast to cost upwards of $7, $7.8 billion. Now, before that kind of money can be spent, the Federal, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, or FERC, is supposed to determine whether it's in the public interest. Now, it failed to do that here. Instead, FERC looked no further than the contracts to purchase gas offered up by the ACP. And, and here, it's important to stop and understand the structure of this deal. The ACP is owned by utility holding companies, primarily Duke Energy and Dominion. And the parties that have the contracts for that gas, they're affiliated public utilities of those same energy companies. Uh -huh. Now, FERC decided that those self-dealing contracts were an adequate sign that there's a public necessity here. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and because of FERC's allowance for a 15% rate of return, it's the shareholders of Dominion and Duke that are going to make big profits from this deal. But who pays? We do. You, we do. me, anybody who is a ratepayer of Dominion or Duke Energy. These monopoly utilities will seek to recover their costs plus their profit, plus that rate of return. Mm -hmm. Now, too many of our neighbors already cannot afford essential electric service, and they cannot afford the additional expense of the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. Now, who's gonna pay for the pollution? We just heard a little bit about. Now, most directly, the people of Union Hill. The company's decision to put its polluting compressor station in the predominantly African-American Union Hill furthers a shameful legacy of concentrating environmental harms in communities of color, and we can't stand for it anymore. for the increased carbon pollution from the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. Under the, its most recent report, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change found that global net carbon pollution must fall 45% um, from 2010 levels by 2030 and reach net zero by the mid middle of the century. And there's no way we can achieve that if we keep building fossil fuel projects like the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. We also cannot afford, we cannot afford to scar our landscapes, muddy our streams and rivers, or fragment our forests for this unnecessary pipeline. FERC abdicated its responsibility to ensure that all required environmental permits were vetted before rushing forward with its approval. FERC's premature approval to, uh, is allowed them to take private land and cut down trees, even while essential permits are under judicial review. Communities like Union Hill, landowners, and all of us are in harm's way. Seven federal permits have been stayed or vacated, suspended by federal courts or by the issuing agencies themselves. As a result, I'm happy to report that construction of the entire pipeline is halted indefinitely.
before. What happens in Union Hill affects us all, and we cannot afford to let them stand alone. It's up to all of us to make sure that Dominion, Duke Energy, and their allies continue to hear our voices. We cannot afford this risky, expensive, and unnecessary pipeline. Thank you.
something bigger than a company. They were up against a whole country that had decided that they were three-fifths of a person. If they walked in for justice and won, we black and white and brown and red and yellow can walk now for justice. <laughs> Former Vice President Gore, myself, uh, on a tour, we're headed to Alabama where people are facing ecological devastation, environmental racism. He'll tell you more about that. He's, we're headed to, he's headed toward a big conference. Uh, we understand the connection between systemic racism, poverty, and ecological devastation. And that's why we're here uh, tonight um, on our way. And we got an invitation. I want the media to know we came here by invitation. Mm -hmm. because we don't believe in helicopter leadership. We didn't come here to lead the folk. We just came here to say, y'all fight like you've never fought before. Woo! In a moment, you're going to hear testimonies from people impacted. And afterwards, I want to invite our brother Gore to come and just talk to us uh, in a real way tonight, but we have a moral problem in this country and in this county when it comes, Reverend, to environmental injustice. And as far back as the Torah, the Jewish rabbis will tell you, and even the text that rabbis, Muslims, and Christians honor, will tell you that God's vision was for us to take care of the land, the water, and the air, and not to destroy it. Genesis chapter one, verse 26 says, then God said, let us make man in our own image and in the likeness and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea. And the Lord was not talking about a company wasn't talking about dominion or duke power. In fact, in the Hebrew, dominion does not mean destruction. In Hebrew, the word dominion means responsibility. And it is not a company's business plan for profit. Mm -hmm. Dominion is God's instruction for community and taking care of the land and all that is in it. Woo! Biblical, 
dominion, the moral call of God, is that we are called upon to exhibit the kind of loving care that God cared when he first created the world. And as one poet said, he scooped out the, the, the mountains and the valleys and spat out the seven seas. Dominion is not about being destructive. That's a false view of dominion. The correct understanding is one is to have dominion in terms of service, responsibility, and stewardship of the land, the water, and the air. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't, don't tear it up, build it up. Now later on, and this was a covenant. This was a covenant in the Hebrew scriptures. Later on, the prophets would remind people, and particularly the rulers and the elected officials and the kings of the of ancient world, the prophets would remind them that any time a community or a king violated the covenant of constructive well-being dominion, they were in fact engaged in defiling the land. Morally speaking, any time a corporation for mere profit poisons the land, the atmosphere, the water, and then spends money to divide the community with lies, that is a violation of covenant. In fact, it's the first S I want to talk about. I want to talk about three S's, and it is sin. More to come from Reverend Barber's speech in the next episode of End of the Line. End of the Line is produced by Whitney Whiting. Special thanks for this episode goes to all those in Buckingham County and beyond who made the moral call for ecological justice possible. Thank you to Reverend William Barber, Al Gore, and Yara Allen of the Repairers of the Breach. Music by Restroy. Find the full EP at milkfactoryproductions.bandcamp.com. Additional music by Lobo Marino. Find them on lobomarinomusic.com. And find all episodes from End of the Line at pipelinepodcast.org.